those were some terrific songs about the love of God this morning. Kind of puts it all in perspective when we think about God's love and the difference it makes, right? Those were good. I hope you're all having a happy Valentine's Day. If you didn't find out it was Valentine's Day until you got here today, you're probably in trouble. Since we started a new series on relationships last week, and since today's Valentine's Day, I get to talk about love. I've kind of enjoyed my little study on love. I hope we uh, enjoy our time here about uh, just learning what God has to teach us from his word about love this morning. But before we start talking about love, I want us to talk about our feelings. I know most guys are out there like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to talk about feelings. I'm not going to go weird on you, I promise. Okay, the society that we live in teaches us very clearly that that the way we feel directs or it should direct the things that we do. Okay? All right, so the way we feel about someone guides the way that we behave towards someone. That's what society teaches us. Okay, so if you have a neighbor that you aren't getting along well with, if you don't feel good about them, then you treat them poorly. Right? That's what society teaches us. Nowhere will you find that in God's word. All right. In fact, what God's word teaches us is that we are to treat someone based on God's character. God's character. And and God's character is best summed up, I believe, in the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so we, got, all right, so we have his love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All right? So God's Word teaches us to treat someone based on God's character. And then after we do that, I think we find out that some of the feelings we want follow those type of actions towards someone else. All right? Okay, now that goes completely against what society teaches us whether it's in the papers or movies or TV shows or sporting events or the workplace or whatever, okay? Society teaches us that we treat someone based on how we feel about them. God's word says that we treat them based on God's character and the feelings that we desire for that person then starts to follow those actions. Okay, now just take that little thought. Okay, I want you to tuck it in the back of your head a little bit. And I'm going to pull that out in a few minutes. Okay, so let's talk about love this morning. I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of John. John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. Okay, so John is the uh, the fourth book in the New Testament. All right, so we have uh, the Gospels there. And this is the fourth of them in the New Testament. Okay, so the Gospels tell us about the life and the death of Jesus Christ. Okay, this is the book of John. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 13. Follow along as I start reading there in verse 33. So it says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I have told the Jews, so I tell you now that where I'm going, you cannot come. So a new command I give you, love one 
another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. So by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Okay, so let me put a little setting to those verses, okay? All right, so here we have Jesus, and he's talking to his 12 disciples, and it's just them in a room. And in just a little while from this time, in just a matter of hours, actually, God is going to go out, and he's going to be arrested, and he's going to be hung on the cross for the sins of the world. All right, so Jesus is going to go, and he's going to die for our sins. Okay, all right, so before Jesus goes out and gets arrested and goes to the cross, he takes a few minutes here, and he spends some time with his 12 disciples, and he tells them these verses, or these words. He tells them these words, okay? All right? And then in verse 34, let's read that again. He says, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. Okay, there is a specific time. There's an, a, a certain event that Jesus was thinking about when he said that. As I have loved you. Okay, because it's easy to read that and think, well, Jesus is talking about just the general love that he has shown his disciples in the past three years of their relationship. Okay. But there's a, there's a certain event here that Jesus is talking about. Okay, so that event happens just a few minutes before he says those words. So I want you to start with me now, now back in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 1. So it says... Uh, that it was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. And he says that, uh, so having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. That's an important phrase. He now shows them the full extent of his love. Okay, so now we're going to find out, what did Jesus do? What did he do to show his disciples his full measure the full extent of how much he loves them. What did he do? This is very, this is very neat here. This is very exciting. Verse 2. So the, okay, so the evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. Skip down to verse 12. Then it says that when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So let's take a moment. Let the reality of that moment sink in a little bit, because that is awesome. Here's God, the creator of the world in the form of his son, Jesus. Perfect, sinless, flawless, all-powerful, washing his disciples' feet. That is awesome. You know, I've read this passage a lot, and I never get tired of reading that passage. But there's something else that we need to know about this event. 
Okay? In some other places in the Gospels, it tells us that, that as his disciples were traveling to have supper with Jesus, they got into an argument. You will never believe what this argument is about. These disciples who have just spent three years with Jesus are arguing about who among them is the greatest. All right. Now, I'm sure none of us can imagine 12 grown men getting in an argument over something like that. All right. You may sense a little bit of my sarcasm here. Okay, but they're having this argument. And I can kind of hear this argument take place in my head. All right. I hear one of them say, well, all right, well, I was with Jesus at the transfiguration. Well, I take care of the money. Well, I walked on water. Well, Jesus calls me this, and I saw Jesus do this, and he told me this, and I went here with him, and I did this, and he saw this. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. They're having this argument about who among them is the greatest. All right. So now they get to this upper room, and they're going to have supper with Jesus. It's the custom of that time. It's the custom of that time that if you go into someone's house or if you walk into a room, there's going to be an event that you wash your feet. The disciples had just washed, or uh, uh, so they just walked a long ways. They were wearing sandals. It was dirt roads. All right, so their feet were dirty. And it was the custom of that time that before you go into a place like that, that you should get your feet washed. And it was the servant's job to do that, okay? Okay, well, there was no servant in this room where they were having supper. And the disciples did not have a servant. Okay. I think probably in a situation like that, it was expected that they wash one another's feet. But you've got to consider what their argument was just about. Who's the greatest? Okay. And now they're about to sit down to have supper with Jesus after just arguing who is the greatest. There's way too much pride and way too much self-righteousness going on in that room right now for any of these disciples to begin to even think about washing someone else's feet. They just argued, I'm the greatest. Okay. So now they go into this room and they begin to have supper with Jesus. Okay, now the way they did it back then was the table was close to the ground and they would all lay on their sides next to each other with their... uh, uh, kind of just spread out around the table so they could reach over and grab the food off the table, okay? So their, their feet and their heads and their bodies and their hands were all probably pretty close to each other. It was probably necessary for them, if they're going to enjoy their meal, to make sure their feet were washed, okay? But it didn't happen because they were too worried about who was the greatest. Now let's go back up to verse 3 real quick. Verse 3, John chapter 13. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and, he had, he, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus was fully aware of who he was and the power that he had, all power on earth, okay? Fully aware of who he was. It's not like he had some kind of memory lapse, all right? Jesus knew who he was. Jesus fully understood that he deserved all of the respect and honor and praise from these disciples. And Jesus takes everything that he deserves and he puts it to the side and he grabs a towel, he wraps it around his waist and he starts to wash his disciples' feet. One sinful set of feet at a time. 
Jesus, fully aware of what he deserved, set that aside to meet the needs of his disciples. That's the definition of love. Okay, Jesus shows us here his full extent. He showed them the full extent of his love. This is the definition of love that I think we should use. All right? A commitment to put another's needs above your own. A commitment to put another's needs above your own. But so often, that's not what we think of love. So often we think of this warm, fuzzy feeling. And we feel really good about each other. I'm going to feel really good about you. I'm going to get all nice and mushy and butterflies inside. It's going to feel really good, right? Right? That's not love. Okay. I don't know what it is. All right? It's not love. It feels good. It's, I mean, great. No, that's great when it happens, right? But it's not love. Think for an instance. All right, so just think for an instance that that was love. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Let's read John chapter 13, verse 34. A new command that I give you. Feel really good about one another. As I feel really good about you, so you must feel really good about one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you feel really good about one another. It sounds silly, doesn't it? It doesn't sound silly. But so often, that's what we think of, of love. Some kind of good feeling. That's not love. Now I want you to think of this new definition that we have. Okay. A commitment to put another's needs above your own. Okay. Let's read that verse again. A new command I give you. Put one another's needs above your own. As I have put your needs above mine, so you must put another's needs above yours. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you put another's needs above your own. Hmm? Kind of adds a whole new dimension to that verse. Okay, so now we've dis- okay, so now we define what love is. We got to decide something here. Do I have to show that kind of love? I mean, can I go through life? as a Christian, and not show that kind of love. I mean, some people just don't love like that, right? Let's see what God's Word says. Acts chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you, if you love one another. So now we have to ask ourselves a question, don't we? This is the question that we have to ask ourselves. What is my purpose in this life? What is my purpose? Because if my purpose is to be comfortable, to have comfort, I can totally ignore that commandment. Or if my purpose is to gain some kind of power and prestige in this life, I can totally ignore that commandment. Or if my purpose is to have fun and to be entertained... I can totally ignore that commandment. But if my purpose in this life is to give God glory by being a follower of Jesus Christ, I absolutely, positively cannot ignore that commandment. Right? And isn't that what God created us to do? 
To give him the glory. Yes, it is. That's what he created us to do. To be glory givers, not glory takers, to be glory givers. And to give God the glory through having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. That's our ultimate purpose in this world. Can now notice here that he doesn't say, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you get baptized. Baptism is very important. God tells us to get baptized. Okay? We should be baptized if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, All men will know you are my disciples if you verbally share your testimony with everyone. Very important. God makes it clear we are to share our testimony with people around us. Okay, very important. But he doesn't say that. You will know, or, or that all men will know you are my disciples if you write a book and tell everyone how much you love God. Again, could be great. Wonderful. All men will know you are my disciples if you put on Facebook and you send it out to a thousand people that you are a disciple of Christ. Nothing wrong with that. These things are all good. Some of these things are actually instructions from God to do. But he says in here, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Why? Because it's so rare, isn't it? Look at the world we live in. It is so rare to find someone that loves like that, like Jesus loved where you put aside everything that you deserve and everything you think you've earned and everything that is rightfully yours and wrap that towel of service around and put another's needs above your own. That's rare. And when that does happen, if you do that, you stick out like a sore thumb, right? But you stick out in a very good way because people will notice it and they will be drawn to you and you will have the opportunity to really show them what a life changed by Christ is all about. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. For some reason, the disciples really understood this commandment. Okay? Because if we look in the book of Acts and we see what happens to the lives of these disciples as they begin to live out their Christian faith, God uses them to change the world. Change the world. All right? And it's because as you read Acts and other places in the New Testament, it becomes very clear. These disciples put the needs of others beyond their own. And God used them to change the world. Now, God may not use you and me to change the world. Okay. But I fully believe God wants to use you and me to change the lives of those around us. And I really believe God wants to use you and me to change the lives around us. And that he wants to start with our own personal relationships. All right, I really believe that. Hmm. But if we have relationships, whether it's one or many, that are full of strain and conflict, bitterness or anger or hostility, that's not glorifying to God. God is not glorified in that relationship. That's not what he wants for us. Not only is it not glorify God, but it's not enjoyable. No one likes to be in those relationships. I've been in a relationship like that. That's not enjoyable. Okay? God wants so much more for us in our relationships than to have that kind of strained relationship. 
And he shows us here how to do it. He shows us very clearly. Jesus said, or the, the verse says, he shows him the full extent of his love. And what did he do? He put aside everything he thinks he deserves or he knew he deserved. And he went and he put the needs of the disciples above his own. Hmm. But that's where it gets tough, isn't it? Because society has trained us ever since we were little. Trust your feelings. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it feels good, do it. Nowhere in God's word are we trained or taught to follow our feelings. It's not there. Feelings are great. All right? God made us with feelings. God has feelings. God wants to use our feelings again for his glory. But nowhere are our feelings to direct what we do. Okay? We are to make our daily walk based on God and his character and his word. Oftentimes that will line up with feelings. Sometimes it won't. But as we treat someone in the way God wants us to treat them, those feelings will follow. But it's so hard. It's so hard because we have that flesh in that world inside of us, in the sinful side of us, that is constantly fighting. Well, I'm not about to treat them the way they want to be treated. You should see what they just did to me. Right? It's natural. It's wrong, but it's natural. So I'm going to ask you a question. What relationship in your life today needs help? Some of you thought of it instantly. It's on the front of your mind all the time. Some of you took a couple more moments to think of. Most of us, maybe not all of us, most of us here probably have some kind of relationship in our life that needs help today. If you choose... To fully embrace, fully embrace what it means to love one another. As Jesus has just shown here in this passage, God will do something special in that relationship. And you may say, well, Dan, you don't understand. You don't understand my situation. And you're right. I don't understand your situation. I don't know most of you at that depth. Probably, if I heard some of your situations, it would probably break my heart, honestly. All I can tell you is what God's Word says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Love never fails. Not love doesn't often fail, or love only sometimes fails. Love never fails. Friends, love will always, always Take something to a better place. Always. So what I want you to do today is to focus on one relationship that needs help. Okay? And for the love of God and the glory of Christ, you're going to have to put aside all these things that you may rightfully deserve and you may want and you feel that you need and wrap that towel of service around your waist and go and treat another person's needs as more important than your own. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to take daily prayer from you asking for God's strength. But God will always give you what you need if you're seeking it for his glory. Friends, do not walk out of here today 
the same way that you walked in. Having to grin and bear it and get through another relationship for another year. I want Valentine's Day 2010 to be a start of a new relationship for you with that person out there that is strained. All right? That relationship that is struggling. You can choose to fight that person. You can choose to reason with that person, argue with that person, do whatever you want to with that person. All right? I feel fairly confident in saying that's not going to help the relationship. All right? You can try to sledgehammer your way into a better relationship. It's not going to work. What's probably going to happen is that you're going to become more like that person you're trying to change, to be honest. Okay? God shows us right here in this passage the way to make a change in that relationship. And it fights against every bit of flesh that we have. Okay. Daily commit in prayer to God that you are going to set aside everything you feel you deserve and you need and you want out of that relationship and treat that other person's needs above your own and just see what happens. I dare say God will do something special, really special. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.